Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a Boy Meets World podcast. I'm Simon and I love Boy Meets World. And I'm Tessa and I've seen 22 episodes of Boy Meets World. And tonight's season for debate is Boy Meets World Season 1. So welcome to The Ravens, a Boy Meets World podcast where it's always 10.30 at night so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's season for debate is Boy Meets World Season 1. Tessa, we are here. This is your first, not your first time on The Ravens podcast, but your first time co-hosting a Ravens podcast. How, how does that feel? Um, it's my first time co-hosting any podcast. Um, it's a little bit nerve-wracking, isn't it? A bit weird without Dom here, I have to say. Um, but it'll be all right. Yeah, it's exciting. feel quite important, co-host, but an upgrade. Very important. Well, Dom isn't here, but yet he will be here a little bit later because we didn't want to do... I didn't want to do things that don't involve him on the channel, of course. So I said to him, and he's got all these other shows that he's watching for the Ultimate Raven package. So he's watching Veronica Mars and Smart Guy and the boys. So he couldn't, I couldn't possibly ask him to do Boy Meets World as well. So I asked him to watch the pilot and then send us a voice note with his thoughts and predictions on it and he's going to do that for every season he's just going to watch the first episode of each season of boy meets world and then record his thoughts and then we're going to play them on the podcast so i have them and i haven't listened to it so i thought we could listen to it together for the first time and then we could react to his reactions but i thought we should play that at the end of the podcast because i don't want his thoughts to impact on your thoughts okay that's a cute idea. I like that. I, so he's never seen it either. No, he's never seen it either. I'm hoping he will go back and watch it. I think he'd. I think he'd like it. Yeah, I think so. I we'll, we'll see. We'll find out. I have no idea. I was so tempted to click play, uh, but I haven't done it. And he sent it to me yesterday, and he kept he, he kept asking me. He's like, "What was it? Okay?" And I was like, "I don't know. I'm sure it's fine. Like, this isn't the time. Don't worry." You posted him. Yeah, so he'll he'll be fine. He'll love it. We'll see. Well, I don't know. But let's talk about you and Boy Meets World. So we're 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 in this we're the same age, you, me, and Dom, all in the same generation. And we were the perfect age for this. So it came out, I think what, 93, 94, ran for seven seasons up to 2000. So this is like right within our childhood. But yeah, it skipped past you so had you heard of it did you consciously think i am not gonna watch that that is not my kind of thing like what happened i thought i I think the reason i didn't watch it back then is that it was a disney channel thing wasn't it Mm -hmm. i didn't have access to the disney channel at the start of the 90s and i think by the time i did later on in the 90s i was very much nickelodeon cartoon network so I, I don't think I watched any Disney Channel programs at all. So I was busy watching like Keenan and Kel. So I think I just I just missed it. Like I watched Cla- like Clarissa Explains It All, which is a very there's a lot of similarities actually, but that's a very nineties show. Um, but that was Nickelodeon. So I guess I was busy stuck into that stuff, missed it entirely. And then when you suggested this, 
And I said to my husband, like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to watch Boy Meets World. You know, it's on Disney Plus. I can watch it. I, is it that show where at the beginning they're like playing American football in the garden and it's like filmed on a video camera? And we were like, yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, yeah. And then it wasn't. And I was like, <laughs> what show am I thinking of? So I had to do I had to do a quick Google and it's the only anything related to Boy Meets World search I've done. Because I was like, I swear to God, that's the same kid. That's the same kid in that show. Like, how did he do both? It's his brother. Oh, it is the Wonder Years. Yeah, the Wonder Years. Thought they were the same thing. They're not. It, well, and what's funny is I've never seen the Wonder Years. So did Did you watch that when you were a kid? That the opening sequence. I think that's like the opening credits. That playing football and there's kind of a voiceover and it's supposed to be like home video that's all that I can remember of that so okay. and I'd, I kind of I heard I'd heard the characters like Corey and Topanga because I, I don't know whether they've become like a cult thing or like I'm assuming that they end up together that's my prediction but so I'd heard of them and I remembered that opening thing and I well, the brothers look the same so I thought it was the same thing but as far as I know that's all I know about either show so I'm going to have to watch the one D at some point as well now, aren't I? <laughs> well, maybe that, it could be something we cover in the future here. This is this is what happens now. If you're going to watch a new show and you're you know you're now featured on the podcast channel, then you have to run it by us first because we might want you to you know podcast about it. You've lost your you know free free reign of TV viewing. Okay, so if I say I want to watch, I don't know, something that doesn't, doesn't exist yet, and I say I want to watch this, you can not allow me to watch it because it's not something you'd want to podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dom has to ask me all the time whether he can watch something new, and I'm like, mm, I don't know, we might want to do that at some point. <laughs> so <laughs> welcome to that club where basically I get to decide what TV you watch. But... Let's keeping it on Boy Meets World. So all you know is you know the you knew the names Corey and Topanga. I mean Topanga is is a unique name, it is memorable. Uh so okay, good. You didn't know anything else. It's very unique and I, it's great that you have that perspective. Uh for me, I loved Boy Meets World growing up, but I don't think I've ever seen the first season, which is very strange because uh I don't think it's a spoiler, but what I will tell you is the first season they're in middle school, which to us is like an, in, I think it's like year seven, year eight. Where, yeah. And then the, and then high school in America is like year 10, 11 and the sixth form years. That's their high school years. It goes from 14 to 18. So there are some, some cultural differences here, but the, the second season is their first year in high school. And so it the, there's, as Paul Johansson would say, there is a big tone shift from season one to season two. And I don't think I'd ever seen any of season one. I might have seen the pilot, but none of these episodes. All I remember was these seasons. I'm already way ahead of you. I'm like towards the end of season two. Uh, but the these are all my memories of the show, season two. And and I think it was on because I didn't have cable television until I was like maybe 10 or 11. 
Like we just had the old standard channels one, two, three, and four, and then it was a big deal when Channel Five came out in black and white. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the I think Boy Meets World must have been on like Live and Kicking or uh, one of those like breakfast shows in the UK on like a Saturday morning where they would play like an episode of Keenan and Kel or Clarissa explains it all, which again I would like like you. I also grew up on. I so I I. Uh, i'm gonna just tell you the timeline of the series so this these aren't spoilers there it runs for seven seasons and it sees the characters go from the last year of middle school up through to college okay so every year is a year like it is seven years um and then there was like that finished in the year 2000 and then i think it was in maybe like 2017 they did a reboot which was called girl meets world and i won't talk any more about that but it includes original characters and it's kind of like the next generation and there were three seasons of that so technically there are 10 seasons within this universe Tess is now thinking he lied to me. He signed me up for seven weeks, not 10 weeks. The bastard. Well, we don't have to cover girl meets world. We'll see how you feel. If you're really into it, then, you know, we could potentially do them as well because I've never seen them either. But no, we'll see. I'm, I'm always a little bit fearful of a reboot. It can really, it goes, it's either really fantastic and it's kind of nostalgic and wonderful and it continues the story how you wanted it to or wraps things up neatly or it's like why did you bother making this it was perfect yeah. So, yeah it's like is it a cash grab or is it actually for the the love of the the, the art yeah and I, part of what i love about it is that it is nostalgic like i never saw it but it's very like I said, it's very Clarissa explains, oh, it's very 90s TV. Like I can imagine myself watching it on a Saturday, just doing absolutely nothing but watching American teen kids sitcom type telly. Like, so it's got that nostalgic and it's just so 90s, like the references and like the, they got a Walkman and the house is so like 90s American TV house. Like without that, am I watching a show like who's it aimed at is it for children is it is it really a comedy do you know what I mean like the nostalgia I think for me is a huge part of what I like about it okay interesting well we'll delve we'll delve deeper into into all of that in a moment I just um so Dom always says he thinks that I take tv shows too seriously well he might have a point I mean look, look at what we're doing here <laughs> But there's particular ones that I've always wanted to cover on the podcast because they they have been meaningful. Now, obviously, we know One Tree Hill is a very meaningful show to all of our listeners and Ravens and and myself included. And it is that sort of dramatic, uh, can be, you know, life changing show. Now, Boy Meets World wasn't that for me, but... In the same sort of vein of what you were just saying about comfort TV, uh, when I was 17, um, I had a really, really bad car accident. Um, like I'm talking like I almost, you know, me and two other people v- very close to dying. Um, was incredibly, incredibly lucky uh, that everybody survived. Um, I won't go into 
the details because as much as I share a lot on this podcast, I don't think that's anything that I think that's something that I would ever go into because it's too almost like that is too personal and too painful still. And that was like 18 years ago, um, which is okay. Dom also says that I can keep some stuff for myself. So, um, but when I, when that happened, um, and after that, we the part of it was that we had moved to Cornwall. And so for people outside of the UK that don't know, so I currently live just outside of North London. And North London and Cornwall are apples and oranges, right? Yeah. Like I live in Somerset, so very similar. You live somewhere where things happen. I live somewhere where absolutely fuck all happens most of the time. Glastonbury Festival and cider is all we have. Oh, and cheese. So I get what you're saying. You moved from like a community where there were probably things going on and lots of things to do and lots of people and you were close to like amenities and you moved to Cornwall, which is land of the campsite and the pasty. Uh, Yes. And it was also an age where I was, I was 17. So I had all my, I had all my friend groups that I had, was like you know established in and um that was part of the problem i mean my uh parents refer it to um they politely prefer it to now as i was going off the rails <laughs> which means i was being a little bit naughty um which there's i've never been like there's nothing else to do down here is there like go out and cause mischief what else is there no 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 i was causing mischief here and that's partly why we were moving that. Well, it wasn't really the reason we were, it wasn't that bad. It was my parents who always wanted to live by the ocean. And um, there's a lot of other things going on that wasn't me, but part of it was, oh, he's going off the rails a little bit, maybe taking him somewhere new also would be refocusing. Well, actually it was, I was, just to put this briefly, I was going off the rails a little bit because I'd had a tough time in school and had been very submerged submerged and uh, kind of in the shadows. And then coming out of school, I was like rebelling because I was like out and had a lot of misplaced anger and all these other, all these other things that a lot of 17 year olds have, you know? Um, And so, you know, this car accident among other things, uh, you know, was a big wake up call. Um, But the point was, was we also, were living in the middle of nowhere in Cornwall. So Cornwall itself is in the middle of nowhere. Well, it's like the end of the country, but where we were living was literally like in the middle of like fields. Um, so there was, so when I, I would go to college, which was a 45 minute drive each way. Um, and then when I'd get home, I had no one, I had nothing, um, to like no friends, no anything. Um, but my parents were trying to bribe me for being there. So part of the thing that they did was they gave me Sky TV, which is like satellite TV for our American friends, um, in my room, uh, in my bedroom, which I guess was a good thing. But at the same time, I was going through a depression. Like I would get home from college and in the UK in the winter, uh, it gets dark at about half four, right? Like in the afternoon. I'd get home and I'd just watch this being, I'd get into bed like at like, you know, four, half four, five in the afternoon. And I would just be there watching TV to like midnight and then go up, go to class. It was like a really bad time. But, but 
one thing that was helpful was at 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. on the Disney Channel, they were playing reruns of Boy Meets World. And I had seen the, the high school years when it came out in the 90s. So when I was like, you know, like seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, around those sort of ages. And then I just not seen it and dropped off because we just you drop off of you, you transition from the Disney Channel Nickelodeon Cartoon Network and start going to MTV Base, VH1, The Box, and you know, all the music channels, right? Uh, so I kind of just missed it. And they were pre- playing reruns. So it already the show had already finished because it was probably in like 2004, maybe at this point. So it finished like four years ago, but they were playing in the college years and I'd never seen them. And it was just really comforting. They'd play one off, they'd play two a night. And I would always make sure I was like on the channel and ready to watch it. And it was like one of those sort of shining lights in what was a really difficult time. And so I feel really grateful to the show because it was comforting. Um, and it was all very confusing. And I had, a, it wasn't just me that was going through a rough time. Like my parents were going through a rough time. Like they're all in a, they're both in a good place now. And they, we all kind of looked and we moved back to Hertfordshire after that, after we had that car accident and once everyone had recovered and everything and thankfully touch wood you know everyone did make a full recovery um we reconciled it balanced everything out and then we ended up moving back uh to based to where we are now well my parents and then my parents 10 years later moved to essex uh but to the beach so they're happy now at the beach i'm here with Ethany, so it's all good so it all worked out long story short well long story long boy meets world was like a saving grace so i kind of it holds a special place in my heart it, isn't it incredible that like like telly can do that and i i know the people that make these shows and star in them probably hear that a lot i imagine they get fan mail and they get oh you really but i i, I hope that they do really understand like the level of impact that TV has had to individual people. Not that they want to hear all our sub stories, but <laughs> I just I just hope they know that what they created was essentially magic for a bit. Because I, like I've got shows like that, like Dawson's Creek for me, you know, is special to me for very much the same reason. Like Rock Bottom dragged me through, um, and I can understand how Boy Meets World would be a show like that because it is. It's 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 warm and fuzzy, but without being like corny and like oh my god, you're overdoing it. I I didn't have that once. So in all the sort of oh we'll wrap this episode up neatly with a nice ending and here's happy family. I didn't once think oh this is so cheesy. There like it was just really comforting. And now I haven't watched it for a couple of days. I think like I finished like the last couple of episodes a couple of days ago. Like I'm itching to watch the next ones because I kind of I miss them a little bit. <laughs> like i need a little bit of i like my evening telly to be a good wind down and it's like perfect so i'm like oh yeah tomorrow back on it season two excellent well i can't wait for you to go further in as well because the show really changes um as they're maturing and there there are a lot of episodes i haven't seen um but I, so i'm near the end of season two now and every single one of these i'd seen like i had a little memory and it's like they're really good memories but as we go even further on it touches on some wild things that you wouldn't expect like very serious 
like subject matter but done in a boy meets world kind of fashion like what you were saying um but let's let's take it to the beginning then so you put on the first episode and you see lee norris is in the titles of course beloved as you know mouth mcfadden but here is minkus was that a lovely surprise for you it was a lovely surprise and actually, there were very few people in it that I recognised from anything else. I kind of thought, oh, it's a 90s big show in America. Surely there'll be people that went on to do other things that I've seen them in. But I have recognised very few people. Obviously, Mouth was the most exciting to see because it's Mouth. And I mean, he's he's typecast a little bit, isn't he? Like, he's not, you can almost imagine Minkus growing up and is Mouth. Like, obviously, yeah. I don't I don't know how long Minkus is staying with us. I don't know if he's there. I don't know if he's the full all the way through or whatever, but I love him. And I th- I think they've played him really well. He's obviously supposed to be like the, the nerdy kid. And quite often in those shows, they're just the nerdy kid. And all they are is a nerd. And all the jokes about being clever or not having a social life and being geeky and into weird stuff goes towards that one character. And And we're not supposed to see the people that are doing that as bullies. They're supposed to be... Here's the average kid. Of course, we take the piss out of the little nerdy kid. And there is some of that. Obviously, he is like the butt of a few jokes. But it's it's more than that. Like, it's a more layered character than just, I'm just the nerd in the corner. And I absolutely loved him. Like, he's kind of sassy and he's funny. And just, I think everything he says is funny because of his voice. Mm-hmm. Like, all, like, all his lines sound like one-liners because because of his little voice coming out of him i i thought he was fantastic i was really glad he was there excellent well yeah it's like a nice touch point to you know for your entry point into the show and you're right i mean it he he sticks up for himself and there i was about to say he's very comfortable with who he is um but there are a couple episodes in this season where it's like he tries to be you know not the nerd but you know and be like a cool kid quote unquote but he always comes back to but this is who he is and he likes who he is and he likes what he likes and being intelligent and why why should anybody be ashamed of you know enjoying school and being switched on and all the rest of it it's ridiculous i mean and it goes to show when you're an adult like you know that dumb kids created literally stupid people created that um the norm that you should be dumb you know like that make um, luna just stormed into the room sorry um um yeah because and, and as an adult you i i don't think there's probably any person that thinks oh i'm glad of the little effort i made at school it's worked out really well for me i think all of us yeah. think like why didn't i pull my finger out my ass and actually try and do well at school because one it was free at the time like, i didn't have to pay for it most of us don't have it. Like and two, like I I love learning now as an adult, like and I think I wasted all that time. Like and actually I really did like learning. I just also really liked having a social life and chatting. And I think if I'd applied myself, not saying like, I'd be a rocket scientist, but I just think they've wasted opportunity to like absorb some cool knowledge. And I mean a lot of school shit, but I do wish that I'd perhaps paid attention. and worked a little bit harder especially at my a levels because they were subjects i actually liked and i just kind of got stoned and stuff instead of doing any work (laughs) 
same at least you didn't get moved to cornwall for it but <laughs> no no I, I reined it in just in time for the banishment <laughs> oh okay <laughs> uh you and i should be doing a separate uh a separate high flyers episode on 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 these on this um yeah no i agree i mean and actually watching the first season and the fact that it's like you know it's set he's either in school or at home right these are the the two settings really of the show um but standardized testing and the way that they test kids in exams in schools is so stupid like the they're testing you and whether you can retain information where actually like mr feeney who obviously we'll get on to he does things at times where he's they're sort of unorthodox lessons if he knows that Corey and sean have understood uh you know the the lesson through whichever sort of back tunnel way that he's managed to teach it to them then he gives them a good grade which is something that you know i appreciate yeah and then one there's one other thing i i forget what the exact quote is but to your previous point it goes something along the lines of if you don't try hard now you will continually pay that price later and i think you know in terms of in your life you know there's some people that are like well i'm just not gonna work hard now or in school or whatever they're doing but you have to pay the price for that later because you don't have the life that you want because you don't you're unable to get the job that you want because you're not living the way that you want to live where in whatever circumstance you're in if you apply yourself and put your f put the effort in into whatever it is that you're doing then you that pays off for you later down the line because you're putting yourself in a position to be happy and that doesn't have to necessarily mean you have to be an astronaut or a professor or anything it could be that like okay like you that has a wonderful crocheting business it's like that you are you put the effort in to learn your craft and to set up a business and adapting it to you know 2022 where things are online and websites and all of those things so that you get to live the life that you want where someone else might think, Oh, well, yeah, I'll get to that. I'll do that later. Well, then that person has to pay the price of not living the life that they want. And they have to work a shit job doing whatever, you know, and it doesn't have to necessarily be a shit job because it's low paying or this, that, and the other, but it's not the job that they want. They're not living their crochet dreams like you are. Indeed. I think when you're a kid, you, you just don't think that far ahead. Like it's like, and you just you're very much. This is what I'm doing today. Maybe I've got a plan for Saturday. Like, and you really can't comprehend that the things that you're doing now have an impact on your future. Especially like you say, when a lot of like the curriculum and standardized testing and stuff is about things like learning the first six digits of pi or some shit like that. <laughs> like, I, I I even I even wrote down that if school was more like how it is in the show where where most lessons have sort of there's a there's a moral lesson to be learned in everything they do so they might start off learning about hamlet or whatever but it's it becomes about there's a there's a life lesson to be learned here if education was a bit more like that how much better would society be like yeah you know like some of the subject matter they've covered already like you said it gets more serious as it goes on like I'm I mean I'm looking forward to that because they've already covered some stuff that I don't think I had seen in any other tv show when I was that sort of age 
like a lot of the stuff I watch is really goofy. Like I'm watching Cartoon Network. I'm not, Cow and Chicken aren't going to teach me anything about life. So I'm watching that. And Clarissa deals with a lot of like very teenage, like I fancy this boy and I'm worried about how I look and that sort of stuff. But these, the the lessons to be learned in this, thank you, Mr. Feeney, what a legend, and the parents, you know, they do a good job. Like they really are, like if I paid attention to this, I don't know, as as a 11 year old watching it, I probably really would have learned some stuff. Like and it and it does it without ramming it down your throat. Like you don't feel like I'm being preached at by this TV show. It doesn't feel like Sesame Street. We're learning about this. We're going to sing a song about loving gay people. Like it doesn't feel like uh, you know, like you're really you're teaching me a lesson with this. It's much more subtle. Like they're kind of teaching you a lesson without you even realizing that you're learning it because you're just happy for Corey at the end. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well said. Great, love that. Um. Well, and we'll, we'll let's let's dive into it a little bit more. But just to say, I'm sure everybody listening to this is aware. But a lot this was inspired, or my my Boy Meets World rewatch was inspired because of the podcast Pod Meets World, which is an iHeartRadio podcast, which is host hosted by Danielle Fischel, Will Friedel, and Ryder Strong, which fit there for you. Tessa that you know aren't able to google them which is I know you've said is uh, painful for you um but so you probably not as familiar with their names that's uh the woman that plays Topanga uh and then the guys that play uh Eric Corey's older brother and Sean Corey's best friend and uh in real life those three are best friends still to this day and their podcast is so good. Like I, I can't. As soon as it comes out, I listen to. The, I listen to every episode within the day that it's released. It goes so quickly. I can't recommend it enough. So for people that have seen the show all the way through, uh, definitely what uh, go and listen to that. And Tessa, you'll get to listen to that. Uh, you know, once you've finished this, but it is incredibly. It's like heavy with spoilers. It's like it's the exact sort of format as drama queens, but um, it's very different. And I think the difference is, is they really love the show. Um, And they also had a showrunner that was abusive, Um, not in the same ways as Mark Schwann on One Tree Hill, as in there was no like sexual abuse or anything or physical, but sort of mentally he wasn't, and abuse might be too strong a word. I mean, I'm not sure whether they would classify it in those terms, but I mean, uh, like for example, Danielle Fischel that plays Topanga, she wasn't, she auditioned for Topanga within season one uh, and didn't get the role. So she got like a, a different role on the show as like a girl in the classroom that had like two lines and the girl that was playing Topanga basically got fired and she had the opportunity to audition to replace her, which she did. And um, she did her first episode and they did the run through and everything. And Michael Jacobs, that's the name of the showrunner. And this is, I'm retelling a story that they've told on the podcast and she told it obviously way more, way, way better than I'm telling it with all the details and everything. I'm just giving you the quick run through, but he gave her these notes at the end of her doing the rehearsal in front of the whole cast and basically, and she's like 12 years old, basically said, everything you did was horrific and horrible. Um, we'll talk after I've spoken to everyone else about everything that you did wrong. 
and uh, you'll get another chance tomorrow and then we'll see if you keep the job and it was basically things like that and so as a 12 year old she stayed up all night with her mom like practicing the lines and going through all of this stuff and eventually she got it like perfect and then he let her keep the job and obviously she goes on to have a wonderful career but there was like basically like these pressures that he were putting on children you know uh so he that they haven't really said it outright but they have alluded to him not being a great person though he did sort of change their lives yeah yeah that's brutal when it's kids and I kind of I haven't listened to drama queens but obviously we chat about it quite a little bit in like the Ravens discord and stuff and I get the impression that while while the girls had some horrible experiences recording the show they also don't really like the finished product like yes. you know they criticized the writing and this was corny and this was a Whereas I guess what you're saying is that while they had some terrible experiences making the show, they're very happy with the end product. So they talk yeah. about it differently. Exactly. And, and they're calling out things that are dated and, you know, jokes that wouldn't fly now and, and, you know, things like that, which is great. And I think for like the most part, they had a great time filming it. It was just they had this extra pressure. And I don't think... It's not fair to compare the two show creators from One Tree Hill and Boy Meets World because Mark Schwann is a criminal. You know, he should be facing charges and in prison. I don't think Michael Jacobs is like is anything like like on those levels from the sounds of it. But the way that they're making it sound is that he was, you know, harsh to to kids and, and maybe wasn't um, considering their feelings and how that could affect you know a young person perhaps yeah they're so young like i imagine making a tv show at that age must be really hard anyway if you th- if you think like the, th- the things that their characters are going through in the show they were also going through at the same time mm-hmm. and then having to do that kind of level of of work and then it be on the telly and everyone they know critiquing it and to have an added asshole at work that wasn't just let's make this fun let's make this do you know what i mean don't get me wrong someone's got to say to him like can you stop pissing about we've got to shoot this and you're just and watching it like i imagined it was really fun to make do you know what i mean like i watched it and thought this must have been so fun like imagine making the show like with all your friends and the adults seem cool and but i didn't even consider that when i was watching it i didn't consider that it must have been even if there wasn't a dickhead at work just really hard work being that age making 22 episodes of this you know that must take six months like of a year to do like yeah hard I can't I like it didn't even cross my mind because they've done such a good job of making Mm. the whole thing look really fun yeah totally And, and I mean the other thing is that they have to do school like mandatory while they're on set so they were saying about Ben Savage he plays Corey um he was just constant because he's in like pretty much every scene because he is the boy that is meeting the world. He uh, it was just insane. Like, and and before it was called boy meets world, it was called untitled Ben Savage product project. So it was, the whole show was written for him as him being this sort of prodigy, which let's be real. He is like, I don't think I've ever seen a kid be so good like it's incredible like he's not to be like not being mean to anybody else because they're all great but he is completely holding the show on his shoulders i think yeah the, yeah one of the first thing 
got rid of my original bits of paper. One of the first things I wrote down was like, this Corey kid's a star. Like, he's so good. So good. From like the first, I think it's the first episode and he's in detention and Mr. Feeney's kind of giving him a speech about, I, don't, I can't remember now, how he ended up there and what he could do differently and why this is a lesson. And just his face listening to him speak is perfect. Like, and that's like a really passive, I mean, we're supposed to be looking at his reaction, but it's not overdone. It really does look like a kid. I'm listening to what this, I'm really listening to what this adult is telling me. And like for him to pull that off at what, 12, 13 or, you know, and I, I'm curious now, like did the wonder years with his brother come first? Yeah. Yeah. And his brother is a couple years older than him, I think. Okay. So it's a big deal that like your brother's really cool and funny. Are you really cool and funny? That, that's a lot of pressure. But yeah, his his acting ability was great. And I thought his younger sister, Morgan, I thought, is she going to be really annoying, as small children often are? But I think she's brilliant as well. Like, I don't know how much... I've, a lot of it is the writing. I really love the writing. Like, it's not... Sorry, I'm going off on tangents all over the place here, but it's it's not really typical, like, sitcom here's the setup line. Now you're going to say the funny joke that comes after it. Like it's not, it doesn't feel that. It, and it is that format. Like I'm kind of setting you up and you like, Corey's going to reply with something really sarcastic and funny, but it, it doesn't feel like that. Like it, it, it feels like really fluid conversation, but they're just really funny people. So the things they say are usually one liners and they're sarcastic and they're little aside things to other people. And yeah. So little Morgan, like, while you can tell it's like, oh, this is your line, get ready to say it a little bit, because let's face it, she must be like six or seven years old. She's really funny. And I, I obviously can't Google and see if she went on to do anything else. Like, I kind of hope that she did, because to be that good, that young. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I will tell you this. And this is kind of like a a famous thing i guess is that none of them really went on for anything else any of them like and a lot they've kind of alluded to this on the podcast that they all took a break at the end because they'd been doing it for seven years and it's you know like their whole teenage life their whole adolescence and daniel official said this uh, it wasn't on pod meets world i listened do you have you seen the office the u.s office yeah yeah you love it love it well the guy that plays kevin his name is brian i can't remember his last name kevin kevin Kevin. he has a podcast called uh, the deep dive it's really good and it's him uh interviewing people he's a great interviewer and he's had loads of everyone on there from the office and then he has loads you know every loads of different people on there and he had Danny Official who played Topanga on there a couple of weeks ago. And it was a really good episode. And she was there promoting Pod Meets World. And she was saying that when Boy Meets World finished, she was like burnt out. So she took a break for like, you know, like four or five years. And then when she, and she was, she, they finished Boy Meets World when she was 19. So she came back, you know, in her like early to mid twenties and no one wanted her anymore. And her thing was that she, what she realized is you have to strike while the iron's hot. And I think that happened to most of them was they were just like, well, I need a break now to go off and do college and be normal for a while. And then, you know, and a lot of them have gone into, so Topanga and Sean are both in real life are TV directors. 
so they direct sitcoms uh will friedel who is plays eric he's a really uh successful voice actor so he does uh, like marvel and dc uh cartoons and does all the voice he's the voice of batman and all these other things so he's really successful um and mr feeney played by william daniels or bill daniels he was a really famous theater actor and a very serious actor before coming onto the sitcoms. It was it was like a, a real uh, gear shift for him to go into doing a sitcom. I think he'd won Emmys and awards and things. Uh, yeah, and then Corey, so Ben Savage, I think he's done things like TV movies. He did a Hallmark Christmas movie um which apparently is really good he did that a couple years ago he's done things like that like and continued to to act and direct um but they're all mainly known for boy meets world still i'm I'm glad you didn't say that like i was worried for a minute that you might say some of them were absolute burnouts like they all just got addicted to heroin because that like a, a lot of child stars don't have good endings today they really don't so I'm glad, but I'm, yeah, the striking while the iron's hot thing, I think it's easy to do if you're already an adult. So you're burnt out, but you're 30. So you know what? I'll keep going. But if you're burnt out at 19 and you haven't had a normal high school experience and perhaps you want to go to college because it's the only opportunity you're going to get to just hang out with your mates. Like I can totally understand who wants to, who wants to work from the age of 11 to 19 and then just who wants to work from the age of 11 into a retirement age. With no break, no one needs that today. No one needs that. So I get that. I can't believe, like, I just can't believe, like, Topanga. Like, you'd think she'd at least, like, L'Oreal. Someone would have signed her up for, to do their shampoo advert. I wrote down twice. I looked back through my notes and was like, bloody hell! I wrote it twice. I must have really meant it. I love Topanga's hair. Like, I, I would do anything for her hair when it's crimped as well. Like, that's so nice. It's just so big. Like, and they make jokes about it, don't they? But like, oh, the money people pay to have their hair look like that. Well, hair is a really big deal in the show. Like it was kind of famous for that as well. Like on the Pod Meets World podcast, one of their T-shirts in their merch store is just uh, the outlines of their hair from the show. Um, so, yeah, it's funny, and it gets it gets crazier. As I can't wait for you to see season two already. But, but sorry, right? Let's talk more about um, your first impressions. So you like Corey? What was your first impressions of Mister Feeney and his teaching methods, and him as you know a character? Now that you've said that the actor had like a background in like serious theatre, I can see that as like Mr. Feeney backstory. Like that totally works, doesn't it? With the kind of teacher that he is. I really like him. And he reminds me a little bit of my sixth form English lit teacher who was loved Shakespeare and made me really passionate about it and the way he spoke about it. And he reminds me of him. Like his, his sense of humor is a little bit dry and he doesn't really put up with too much bullshit, but he comes at it from a friendly second father angle. So I really liked Mr. Feeney and I thought oh, the key, the storyline here running through, I mean, it might, this might prove to be true, but I'm concerned how they're going to high school is Corey and Mr. Feeney. Like I immediately from watching it was like, this relationship is going to be really important. And obviously I don't know what's happening in season two. I'm concerned that he's now not going to be working at the school they go to. I know he's a neighbor, but it's not the same. 
that's a good twist as well right that that he lives next door and, and something that i didn't realize um until they mentioned it on their podcast and i really don't want to keep doing this of just like retelling you what they've said on their podcast but some of this stuff is you know is really interesting but so i'll try and make this the last one but and this is so obvious when i watch it now but they're always inside you know like as in it's all in the studio even when they're in mr feeney's garden they're still inside and i they said that on the podcast and i was like and now of course of course they're inside of course they are but to me i i bought it i was gullible i was like okay they've moved outside no no i could tell they were inside because the garden kind of stops and then it's clearly a picture of a garden but the yeah. bit that really got me was Eric's trying to show off in front of like Mr. Feeney's niece or granddaughter, whoever she is. And he throws the sack of what I'm assuming is fertilizer and it hits the ground and the turf slides as it hits it. Like, cause it's obviously <laughs> like fake grass. And I rewound it to watch it again. Like if I imagined that, no, I could tell that they weren't actually outside, but you're right. I didn't, but I didn't have the thought they're never outside. Yeah. Never like ever. It's always inside, which um, which is so obvious to, you know, think and, and see that now. But, OK, it's something, the clothing, the clothing is incredibly, incredibly 90s. I bought a uh, a flannel shirt yesterday. Like, I can't not. I, I must have an oversized flannel shirt at all times now. And they always have, like, the light denim jeans within, like, the black, like, Jordans or Nike high tops. I mean, what? How do you feel about it, the fashion? I love it. I love it. I love all of it. I think, like, I've got a lot of the stuff that I wear is a bit 90s anyway. Like, I wear a lot of dungarees. And I love, like, an acid wash or a pale denim. But it's something about, I think it must be, like, a very American 90s way of dressing, perhaps. Like, the flannel shirts, but there appear to be other things layered underneath. And then they're kind of, the sleeves are folded over. And there's, but I enjoy it. I like the stripes. Corey wears some great T-shirts and there's so many layers like sean will have like four or five different layers on although it appears that where they live the garden looked autumnal all the year round like i got it kind of got to autumn and i was like oh they you know it, it's that time of year now and then there was like a christmas tea and i was like it's going to start to look more floral out here and it didn't really so maybe they do just live but they where do they live like near is it near new york philadelphia yeah it's not far from new york it's not far from new york yeah you're right it is a lot of layers but i appreciated it even topangas like floaty not necessarily things i'd wear but totally worked with the hair loved it how did you feel about the moment when topanga puts like the lipstick around her face doing the interpretive dance one of the quotes I wrote down that was like i didn't i didn't want to write quotes like oh let's make this like a raven's thing but i wrote down funny bits the best bit, I quite like Sean as a sidekick. Like, he's, he holds his own. He's not your typical, I'm just here as a sidekick. But when he looked at Tabanka's face and just goes, use a mirror, babe. <laughs> Where it's just, like, the interpretive dance was really Tabanka, wasn't it? And I, but I kind of like the way they treat, I like quite like the way they treat her. And I know it's very similar with Minkus. Like, there's there's jokes. Like, they're obviously going to make jokes. Like, there's, there's this one kid in the class that's just a lot of the time not living on their planet and is so not like them that how could they not make comment? 
But again, she knows who she is. Like she's not faced by any of that. And actually a lot of the time they're, they're just kind of accepting that that's how she is. So, but the lipstick thing, how she record, how she filmed that without them just wetting themselves, again, shows like what great actors they were, like how capable they were. Because even as children, like I would struggle to not laugh doing that. Yeah, no, it's great. And uh, she's great as well in the episode where Corey like straightens his hair. <laughs> and that that kiss when she kisses him, that was both of their first kiss in real life. And it was on in the show. Would they end up together in real life? Because that would really just like full circle it, wouldn't it? I don't oh, think no. they did. I don't think they did. But uh, she... She said on this interview that uh, she took Lance Bast as her date to her um, like prom, her senior prom. So she was dating him for a while. And then, oh. you know, obviously that didn't work out. Um, but she's yeah. married and, and has at least one child. She might have two. I'm not sure. But she has she definitely has a child. And so she's happy. They're all they all seem really happy in real life. Like we can all be very we can all be rest easy that they're all happy. I wonder if the kids inherited her hair. I hope so. You'd be gutted if you didn't. But yeah, the first kiss thing, that was that happened sooner than I expected it. I thought it was gonna I mean, it is clearly still gonna be a slow burn. It's not like they're in a relationship at the end. But I that that kind of surprised me. I was like, this is quite early on for this to be happening. And then it kind of cools off again, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, cute. <laughs> okay, what about Eric, the older brother, played by uh, Will Friedel? What do you think of him? I liked Eric. And again, like, it's testament to the writing again that he's not one-dimensional. So he's clearly supposed to be, I'm a teenage boy, I think with my dick, all I think about is how many girls I can get off with at once, isn't it? Like, is it, every time he's on the phone, it's a different girl's name. Like, it's clearly supposed to be... But there's more to him than that. And you can kind of see that, like, he's pretending he's that, really, and he's not at all. And he has a great relationship with his parents, and he's uh, great with his younger siblings. Like, him and Corey, they're they're brilliant. Like, they're quite often, like, a duo, aren't they? Or they're trying to, they're up in the bedroom, like, scrambling around, trying to undo some sort of mess they've made. Um, Yeah, I liked Eric. And then I wonder where he'll go, because... He's not. He's supposed to be like fifteen, isn't he? So he's got maybe two or three years of high school left, and then I'm wondering what he'll do then. But yeah, I'm excited to see. I liked the episode with Mr. Feeney's. It was his niece, wasn't it? It was, I think it was his, his niece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked that episode. That was really funny because a lot of the Mr. Feeney stuff is obviously Mr. Feeney and Corey, and not necessarily the rest of the family. So I, I, that was good. I liked that. Yeah, I like Eric. Good curtain. Great curtains, yeah. Him, it was uh, him and Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys with the perfect curtains. But the, um, yeah, there's a good pairing. Eric and Mr. Feeney is a good, dare I say, juxtaposition. Uh, what about uh, the parents? So their names are, oh my god, how has it just gone out of my head? I know their actual names, Betsy and russ in real life alan 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 oh my god okay tell me what what you think about alan while i remember desperately the mum's name i like alan i um 
the parents like Mr. Feeney are also good at delivering life's lessons without it being like a forced this is an after school special we're here to teach the audience something like it none of it felt forced like that I really liked them I liked their relationship together I really liked the dad's relationship with his kids and I liked that quite often we saw moments where he was clearly stressed or worried about stuff but would kind of not necessarily hide all that stuff from the kids because that's that's unrealistic like but but would shield them from perhaps how bad things were like clearly there was an issue with the supermarket chain that he works for Dom gets it um (laughs) and they had to cut some pay and you could see that really that that weighed quite heavily with him and how he carefully tried to like teach Corey why that kind of had to happen and that there's more to it than just me being like I'll stand up to the boss like I'm not in charge here this is kind of unfortunately how capitalism works like um so I, I really liked I really liked the dad it was nice to see and it wasn't too cheesy sitcom dad no and he also makes mistakes as well but for the right reasons in his intentions are right like when he uh, keeps Corey up late at night to watch the baseball game but it's because he wants to spend time with his son because he's overworking but he has to be working he's got to provide for his family so but it wasn't the right thing to do you know he Corey needs to sleep but that was it's nice that it's not just the kids that are learning the lessons and actually show that we all continue to learn throughout our lives yeah I really like that episode like that I feel like that's something I would do like you've got school tomorrow but this is really exciting so I'm gonna wake you up because that's <laughs> you can, your kids remember that shit they don't remember how many tests they took each day or like what that they were tired at school like they're always tired at school like they won't remember that but they'll remember dad snuck in once in the middle of the night so we could get up and watch the game like and that'll be a story like he that'll be he remembers that about his dad that he was a bit more kind of spontaneous and fun and so I get why his dad did it I would probably do the same and and that's what Mr. Feeney said was that his dad was wouldn't have wanted to have woken him up. And there was a, a line from Alan there to Mr. Feeney that was a bit like like it made my face do the ooh when he said, uh, but you don't know because you don't have kids, you know? And it's a bit like, whoa, okay. That might be I felt a bit below the belt, you know, but maybe it's just he was retaliating to being called out on that decision that he'd made. He was. And I think that if Mr. Feeney had come back to him later and said, like, Alan, that was a bit pointed, that I, that upset me, he would he would have realised by then that that was maybe taking it a bit far. I wonder if maybe in the future we'll dig a little bit more into why Mr. Feeney, not necessarily that everyone has to have children, but he is a guy that lives on his own. We saw, didn't we? Like he was sat having dinner, like it was at the first episode and he was sat having dinner and his friend didn't come and he's just, so I wonder if maybe we will get a little bit more of why perhaps he lives a bit of an isolated life and probably likes the fact that the kid next door is an absolute pest because it's the closest thing he's got to a nephew or a kid or a grandkid, isn't it, really? Yeah, and that's what, I mean, obviously Corey is written for us to identify with because the majority of people in life were not the popular kids that knew what they were doing. And in reality, even the popular kids, I'm sure, didn't know what they were doing. And they all, everybody has, for lack of a better word, their own shit underneath the surface that they're dealing with, whether you're popular, not popular, whatever. And, um, but Corey is 
that representation of the quote unquote average person that the majority of us are of not being smooth and not being good with girls or or boys or whatever um and he we can all identify with him because we've all felt like him and i think that's something that the show does really well yeah totally it's it's hard to pinpoint who like the target audience is like it was obviously on the disney channel so it was aimed at kids perhaps slightly younger or that age or older even if you wanted to relate to eric like that's that but actually it feels more like a whole family show in the same way that like um like the Fresh Princes, perhaps. Like it's there's something in there for everybody watching. I think the closest thing I could draw a parallel to, which is it isn't something I've watched lots of, but it was Malcolm in the Middle, and that was a little bit later on, wasn't it? And I was almost too old. I didn't feel I felt I was too cool to watch it, but actually, that was like a the parents recognise the parents, and it's kind of funny, and you can watch it with your kids, and it's not like absolute mind torture having to watch kids TV because it's a bit funny, like. So I was I couldn't really get who the target audience was. I imagine if you're watching as a kid, you feel like the show was made for you. But actually, yeah. I like I'm watching it now and enjoying it perfectly well. And I imagine if I was an adult in the 90s watching it with my kid, I'd be like, this is I'm enjoying this telly like it's funny. Yeah, exactly. It kind of hits that demographic of being for everyone. It, it was in, so I questioned this in our Discord because I didn't know what it was, was standing for, but it was part of this infamous TGIF uh, time slot in America where it was this lineup of shows that was on a Friday night, I assume from the title. And so in that time slot was like Boy Meets World, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, Full House and like some other like sitcom shows like that. So I think it's similar, like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which is like my wife's favorite, favorite like uh, sitcom from that era uh, that she will still watch today is um, it's kind of similar. I think that probably hits the same sort of uh, audience points. Yeah. And I've not like Sabrina. Yeah loved a bit of Sabrina I'd obviously watched Clarissa already and then when I was like the perfect age for Sabrina really like like a young teen maybe like a 12 like that sort of oh my god it was perfect I saw she was at a comic-con in Wales this weekend and I was like why was I not there like why was I not there I need to go even that's not crazy far from you either crazy far i'm assuming it was Cardiff like it must have been like that's I could I could get there in like two hours on a good day I'm lying. The M5 shit, though, it's not. There's never a good day anymore. But do you know what I mean? It's not without the re- like outside the realms of possibility. Oh god, yeah, yeah. I like Sabrina. Yeah, you're right. It's that kind of. It, it is for everyone, really. And I've never seen Full House, but that's one of those very famous American, all about a family kind of show, and it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a show for everyone. I I'm enjoying this. Good. Okay. Well, I have to look up the the mum's name because I am so annoyed. Ah, oh, of course, Amy. It's Amy Matthews. Is it? I think maybe Amy. they just. Call it, I think maybe they call them mum and dad so much. I have not really paid attention to what their real names are. Well, what do you think of Amy? I like her. She's fun because she's kind of um, not really boring, sensible mum. 
all the time. And I think in a lot of these sitcoms are quite like from this sort of era are a bit outdated in that the dad's kind of the fun. Oh, should we be a little bit irresponsible? I'm kind of the fun dad. Oh, don't worry. We'll clean up this mess later. And the mum has to be the like, I've come home and what the hell is this mess? And you've been encouraging the children. And like, it didn't follow that trope. And I really liked it. Like the mum's a little bit, maybe a little bit scatty. And she, I think she gives her kids like the right amount of free reign. I guess both of them do. Like even like she's with the little kid is Morgan isn't it at the door is it Morgan yeah. yeah like where she says she lets her dress herself like she wears whatever she wants like why would you not let your kid wear what they want as long as it's practical for the tasks of the day like so I kind of I really liked that about her that she kind of says on oh, you know like let's just let him see what he does like sometimes the dad wants to step in and she'll say like let just let him see what he does decides to do first and then we'll step in if we need to and I I really like that like I I didn't have a home where I was kind of pushed to test myself and if it failed then like you'll get back up and try again or have you thought about doing I didn't have that kind of setup so I really appreciate and I I like to think I maybe I'm not quite like that enough as a mother the letting address herself I'm learning to live with but you know like kind of so you're right there are lessons for everyone here like I kind of watch her and I'm, you know, and again, she's not a perfect parent. She doesn't pretend like neither of them pretend to be perfect. And it's not quite that like, oh, we're such a wholesome family. You should all live like us. I like, I, Yeah, I like her. Yeah, they 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 make mistakes as well. And I think that's that's important to see because uh, I mean, the. Uh, um Ethne said something really poignant today. She she always does. She'd be a much better podcaster than me. Um, but she she said something. We were talking about our son and uh, was basically saying, like, well, he wouldn't need to do much to do better, like to do better than what I had done as a kid or something like that. And she said but he he's having a much better start than you did. Um, and it was really important. It was really impactful because it sort of came out of nowhere and we were sort of joking around and it's not, I didn't, I had a great start. Like I, my parents were really supportive and, and loving and present and all the rest of it, but they grew up really poor. Like they grew up very working class, like very working class, particularly my dad. Um, he was basically like raised by his brother um and uh they worked really hard to get them to get themselves careers and they had to do they did education late and would work two jobs and work nights and this that and the other um and so them parenting me it wasn't like my perception of them was that they were perfect parents because i assumed that they just were and they were loving and gave me everything i'd ever wanted and all the rest of it but they were doing their best and so they we're also learning and making mistakes as I am now as a parent. And I think one of the things that they were not scared to, but they didn't really enforce boundaries on me. Like I didn't get punished. I never got grounded or anything like that. I was also a pretty good kid uh, until I went off the rails. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. But I, and I think there's things in this show where it's similar, where you're, 
no parent is perfect and my mom said this once uh which really st- stuck with me is that every parent is just doing the best that they can and you can always find fault looking at something in retrospect because you have more knowledge now than you did then because that's how life works um but it's about the intention and i'd like to think touchwood that every parent's intention is to do the best by their children and you can see that within Alan and Amy. Look how look, we can go all over the place with this. We do. I love it. I love it. Like, and I'm, I'm glad that I liked it and can see some of the things that you see in it as well. Because otherwise, this podcast may have taken a real nosedive. Oh yeah, I'm very relieved that you like it. You were like pouring your heart out about how you absolutely love the show, and I could have sat here and gone. It was a little bit shit. I'm going to really have to drag myself through the rest. Do you know what I'm like? It, I could have absolutely just shit all over your most favourite, one of your most favourite shows. Yeah, for real. What this means is, if you say anything negative about Dawson's Creek when it gets to the end, oh God. I'll remember this, Simon, and perhaps I won't like season two as much as I did season one. <laughs> well, it's very difficult because we're about to record season six of Dawson's Creek, but... Yeah, I know. I, I, I've really enjoyed Dawson's Creek as a whole. There's a whole separate conversation, whole, but yeah. but it's it would always be positive. It would. I've the the I have nothing but positive things to say about the first five seasons, and I've liked the direction of the last two episodes before the finale of season six. They just so should you- have gone back to Cape Side quicker. That's my one note. So if you watch, you've watched, have you seen the finale? No, we're going to watch that live. So Lex yeah. and I are recording season okay. six, everything up to before the finale next week. And then we're going to watch the finale on a watch along. And then we're going to record that as a separate episode. Okay. I, I, I think I knew that you would like Dawson's Creek because I think you'll be able to see the soul of the show. Like this, like the heart and the soul of it, like you do in One Tree Hill and like you do in this, like rather than the absolute fucking bullshit that goes on later on. But. No, I, it has a special place for me because it it reminds me of uh, waking up at like five in the morning with my son and desperately trying to get him back to sleep in his cot so I can watch one episode of Dawson's Creek before he wakes back up. So, and uh, so, yeah, no, it's got a special place, but separate, that's separate. And I'm glad, I'm glad that you're enjoying it. But let's so let's talk about your predictions because you're in the u- unique position to be able to give them. So all that you know is that next season they will be in high school. What, where do you predict things will go? Um, it's quite hard to make predictions on a show like this because there's not like a thread running through each episode. So while we've got the same characters in the same sort of scenario, we know that they're moving towards the next year of school, and but there's no. Like with most shows, there's like a, something is building each episode. It's building and they hint it a little bit more and it starts to become sort of ingrained in the storyline. And while there's other things happening each episode, that like those one or two things run all the way through. And there's not that on this. And I think it is because it's that sitcom format rather than like a like a drama. So it's hard to have, oh, we've left it on a cliffhanger because each episode's wrapped up so neatly that there is no... For a minute, when we went into the final episode, and obviously Mr. Feeney's there, I was like, they're going to kill off Mr. Feeney. 
he's about to die and that's all oh, the cliffhanger is like a flat line but I thought that's so but then he was all right and I was like and then when I realized it was going to be Corey wished it to happen I was like oh no they're going to pull this back because they can't be like Corey thinks he's caused his death like that would be quite a sharp turn into something else wouldn't it um predictions I think that by some miracle Mr Feeney's going to happen to have a job at the high school that because while he makes her a fun neighbour it then means we've got to introduce another Mr Feeney character for the school because we need we need him as a as the teacher figure like if we had another teacher they would play the same role so we don't need two of those so I think there might be some other teachers make an appearance because obviously it's more moving between different different teachers teach different things you spend less time with one person so but Mr Feeney will keep living next door I think he's going to turn up at the high school somehow I think Corey and Topanga are going to end up together like they must be end game like they must be this is what we're building towards but I don't know whether they'll necessarily spend all their time together might be a come and go situation there might be There'll be some other school characters introduced. So I'm hoping that Mouth's still there. I like a bit of Minka's. Like, I'm hoping he's there because he's funny. I, th- I reckon there might be... We haven't seen a bully character yet. And this is like school kids. There's going to be a bully character at some point. There's going to be puberty. That's going to be rough. So I'm sure there'll be lots of acne jokes, that sort of BO jokes, that sort of thing. Um, but as far as like huge plot luck points, I don't think there are any necessarily like huge long running storylines because that's not how this operates. Unless, like you say, there's a shift and it does become that. Like maybe it does go down the teen, more teen drama route. We'll see. Well, as I say to, as I always say to Dom, we will see. But very good. I, I like the predictions. And by next week, which is crazy because we are doing a season a week, uh, we will already know. I, I really like that. Is it pressure for you to try and watch a whole season in a week or is it you like the challenge? Um, ordinarily, it wouldn't be the school holidays. And I obviously work on my own at home. So I could watch this like it's seven and a half hours, isn't it? I could do it in a day. Like I could do what while she's at school and then go again in the evening, but I can't at the moment because she's at home and I have to entertain her, feed her, that sort of thing. So it's slower going, but it's not pressure because I am a binger. I I reckon I could give Dom a run for his money. Let's go. Well, if you ever need more time though, just just let me know because I've kind of cheated. I'm like a season ahead of you. Um but no. yeah, you you'll catch up. No, because I think if you if you said, oh, let's do it fortnightly, I would finish it in that time and be annoyed that I couldn't carry on. Like I was like, I felt like watching it today and was like, I can't because I need to stay like season one fresh. That's good. It's perfect. Well, uh, just another thing. I'm not going to talk on it now, but I but let's let's save it for next season or next week because it will be more relevant. But I want to talk about the like when I watched this before I went to secondary school to our version of high school in my mind, I was like, this is what high school will be like. And I was very excited for like, amazing. This looks great. And, uh, it's very, very different to the reality of English secondary school, which is, I mean, I'm sure it was the same way you are, but 
boys are wearing blazers ties shirts you know school uniform um it's miserable and gray outside and you have to stand in the playground while it's raining and you know all of those kind of things i don't did you have a good secondary school experience um oh swings and roundabouts like everyone's in it like a lot of it i didn't enjoy but i think maybe that was more stuff i had going on outside of school but you're right i think we got fed a lot of american tv is the issue here where they have lockers and cafeterias Mm -hmm. And they queue up with a cute tray that's got sections for portions and the food shite, but we're all in it together. Like we people stand on tables and make speeches and everyone claps. There's extracurricular activities that we all have to take part in. And we all go and watch the big game and go to the pet rally. And in reality, like we didn't even have a locker. There were no lockers. I arrived at secondary school and I was like, why? There's a huge long corridor and not a single locker down the side. And I remember that just that being so disappointing. It was a lot of walking around in the rain. A lot of just miserable. It's just, it's a bit, it's, I'm, I'm sure that American high school isn't quite how we see it on the telly either, but British high school is a lot more gritty, isn't it? Yeah, but- I think so. And I like uh, being a sensitive kid. I mean, who would ever thought I was a sensitive kid? <laughs> the, uh, like the, uh, like when, what year was it? Maybe like year eight, which is how old are you then? Like 12 going on 13 is when like the mum jokes started where every kid would just be saying these mum jokes to each other and I would get really offended like I would like get really upset that they're saying you know these horrible things about how they're trying to they're having sex with my mum or you know my mum's so fat she could jump in the air and get stuck you know all of these kind of things um which you know my mum told me they weren't true but it didn't matter <laughs> i'm joking i well, it was what for me is that american pie came out right and obviously the milf the milf thing was a thing my mum was a milf like my mum was pretty all my friends thought my mum was great if ever i had a boy mate come home i knew they fancied my mum how devastating when all you're doing through secondary school is trying to get a boy you like to notice you so the milf joke started so i didn't i never had my mum is so fat i had we want to have sex with your mum brilliant yeah well i i had i had the same situation and my parents are relatively young like so when i was in school they would have been like i don't know what in their 40s i guess and um dan scott's age they're like that that's what it's like they're the hot fit parents right exactly and then for having like you know teenage boyfriends like male friends it was uh yeah it's rough but um i mean my mom's really thin like she's my mom's like this sort of person she has a terrible diet like the same as me like she just eat like one for a day she might just eat like uh wait how do you pronounce it do you pronounce it nougat nugget she says nugget but you know like (laughs) i mean it's nougat but it's if you're not french it's nugget in it yeah She'll like have a day where she just eat that all day, but won't put, but won't put on weight. You know, she's been like, like, anyway, my point is, so I knew these fat jokes weren't real or whatever, but the, anyway, my point is, was, um, 
I was really sensitive to all of that stuff. And I'm sure I gave as good as I got. Um, and I did make friends in school and like the last year was, was okay. You know, I sort of got to grips with it, but I had these illusions of you could wear whatever you want to school. No, um, you have to wear suits for some reason, because why? Because I'm 11. So what you shift me off to be a businessman, I have to react to the bell that goes off every hour. Like I work in a fucking factory. I'm 11 years old. Last year I was still coloring in you know enjoying the vibrant colors on the classroom wall in my village primary school and now i'm getting threatened with detention because i because i don't have a pencil but that's because i've got a pencil case for the biros because i told i was in the big leagues now and pencils aren't allowed don't make a example out of me i'm fucking 11 You've got a lot of pain, Simon. You've got a lot of pain. And I like that you have turned that into humour. But I would... Humour? Well, you laugh when you cry in it. Like, I would love to meet little Simon. Like, I like some... Obviously, I'm not... It's not like you've made yourself out to be like little Oliver Twist. Like, we should all feel really sorry for you about this horrific life. Some of your stories are fantastic. But, like, like... Just in bed watching your boy meets world because that's all you've got. Like fuck, that's like a movie in itself. You should have a Hallmark movie waiting to happen. We were saved by the telly. No, yeah, I get it. It's um, yeah, secondary school is quite hard work, and I'm sure it is if you go to school in America. But we were definitely sold a different story of what was to come. For sure, and I think, and you'll see in season two. I don't want to go too much into it, but. It sort of gives you the illusion that you're going to be dating a lot and going out <laughs> on dates and things. But you go on a single date. I didn't go on. A, no one. That doesn't happen over here, does it? You get off with someone at a disco if you're lucky. No one asks you on a date today. My, my first, my first date, proper date, was uh, in year eleven, right at the end, like when you're getting towards the end of school, and um, uh, her friend. Um, started started talking to me in in class and said that um but you know by the way uh her name her name was roxanne said by the way you're roxanne's third choice (laughs) and she let me know of the two other boys that were uh, you know ahead of me and if it didn't go well with either of them i was next in line and you know by god's graces something you know must not have worked (laughs) And you just sat around and waited to be you were like please let me be a third option you just waited around like isn't that what life's like though like i fucking take what i can get i was just oh, on the bench God. i was on the bench waiting for my my waiting for whitey to put me in the game um oh, it's hilarious it's hilarious but that's just you know thank god i met my wife that's all i'll say but yeah, we, no one right not, we, not like thank god you met your wife because otherwise you'd be living alone <laughs> i meant me like I, I understood yeah well I, well yes i'm glad that we both met our respective people and and please don't anybody please don't feel sorry for me i've had a good life but i think that like what you said everyone has these ups and downs um and this podcast has been therapeutic to to laugh at those down points you know and to relate to people because we've all had them uh it's just how it goes but okay well should we listen to dom's predictions or his thoughts so we're gonna play them now i haven't heard them either right the first 
the first episode, that's he gets a detention for something, doesn't he? Or trying to listen to the baseball game in the That's the it. Class. Yes. Okay, yeah. Okay. So that's all that Dom has seen is the first episode. Okay. Oh, it's bringing it up. Okay, let me know if you can hear this. I can't hear anything yet. Hello. So I've just watched uh, the pilot episode. You can hear it, yeah? Yeah. Okay, let me bring it back. Hello. So I've just watched... Uh, the pilot episode, so season one, episode one of Boy Meets World. And here's kind of my little review and thoughts on it and kind of hopes for the rest of the season, um, which I won't be on, but I will uh, do a little recording for each season for everybody. Um, I think Simon had this great idea that I do a little recording um, on the first episode of each season and yeah see how we get on so uh, the pilot episode it started off really really well um, it's the characters became immediately familiar to me again um, again watched this program with Simon at Simon's house when we were younger that's pretty much my own exposure to it so it's actually really nice to sort of revisit these characters um, and see them again like particularly Corey um well i know it's ben savage and he comes from a line of um acting credentials you know obviously him and his brother um his brother was fred who uh, i believe who um was in the wonder years and stuff so uh, a similar kind of makeup in terms of tv show that he's doing uh which i thought was really interesting but just getting to meet the matthews family again was uh pretty amazing and seeing um like all of them um, and then being incredibly familiar to me straight away uh, and and the dad I believe Alan Matthews is like he's he's that person that's in films like in random films that you go where the hell do I know him from and I know that Simon would go oh my god it's the dad from Boy Meets World like immediately but for me it's like where do I know him from where do I know him from and now I know now I know he's the dad in Boy Meets World so yeah brilliant I think the relationship between Corey and uh, Mr. Feeney is absolutely brilliant from, from the from the word go, from the beginning of this episode right through to the end. You can see that their relationship is going to be key and it's going to be key to the rest of the season and, and probably throughout the show. Um, but it, it's just brilliant the way they communicate with each other the back and forth that they have, the kind of strange chemistry between uh, teacher and student as well as, you know, nemeses of each other. is It's just great. Uh, I think that's so good. And the fact that he's the next-door neighbour as well just um, makes it even slightly more painful for, for a teacher, I guess. You know, it's like when you see a teacher wearing jeans, it's a surprise. But imagine living next door to one, like, just insane. Um, and in this episode, like, as you guys know, as you'll be discussing it, Corey wants to go to a baseball game, but he gets detention, and it all starts off with Shakespeare, and we know, you know, my feelings and thoughts from Shakespeare, uh, and that pretty much everything is connected to that, and, you know, it's all about Corey kind of being 11, and, like, he's not going to be interested in girls and love, and, like, never wants to get to that stage, he only wants to really be focused on his life and his family, and, and... That's kind of like his learning for the episode, which I think is hilarious. Um, 
and I know that's going to take a change. I know that there's like a a, a girl that that will be introduced, and it it just immediately becomes about her, and that it sort of develops into a, I guess, a kind of love story, which which is quite sweet as well as him being you know a kid working his way into into his teenage years. But um, yeah. It's, I thought it was really good, really good, like, first episode, really good introduction to the characters, a really good way to start a season. I think, you know, if I was to carry on, it would it would be quite interesting. It, I, I can imagine this being, like, an exciting programme to watch, especially for the first time. So many nostalgic things in there, the, the Nintendo um, being played, and uh, it was like, was it Duck Hunt that had the gun? I think that was a, a fantastic game. So, yeah, great to see. I think... Um, is it Sean is his best mate or becomes his best mate or something like that? Like sitting with him at the at the, the table in the canteen. I think so far he's displayed kind of like the best kind of acting ability and just the ability just to sort of say things quite casually and calmly. And um, he's been really, really good from the child actors. I, I mean, um, I think it's Nicholas, who's the other friend, who is a little bit... Um, over-exaggerated, but I guess that helped, you know, particularly with his scene, uh, the Romeo and Juliet kind of scene at the beginning when he's asked to stab himself by Mr. Feeney, which is a bit awkward, but a uh, really good first episode. Um, and, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the season and get to talk about it. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching season two, episode one, and seeing what I think of that. But, yeah, thanks very much. Take it easy. All right. So, what did you think of Dom's thoughts? I I'm glad. Like he clearly sees what we see in it. I mean, you might not necessarily get quite as like emotionally invested in stuff as we do, perhaps. Um, but I'm I'm glad he can see like the bones of it. Like he knows that Corey and Mister Feeney's relationship is clearly going to be really important, and that there's going to be a love interest at some point because the whole thing is growing up, isn't it? And that's you know, it comes with puberty. Um, yeah, I'm glad he liked it because I was, you know, he could he could go the other way and not and think it was a bit of a fluff. But he he can he can be known to be a cynical man, but not with this, which is great. Which is great. Just topsy turvy One Tree Hill episodes. So yeah. Yeah. I would have found it really hard to just watch one. Because they are so short and you just kind of flow into the... Like, do you know what I mean? It's easy to be like, oh, I've just watched 10 in a row. I bet you watch season two really quickly because I found it where like, my son woke up at like early. He, he He's getting really good at waking up at like nine, which is like a blessing. <laughs> that never <laughs> happens in my house. That never happens in my house. She's 11 years old and she still likes to get up before 7 a.m. All oh, the time. God. Oh, God. Well, this was like a rare occasion. He woke up at seven and it was my turn to get him. So we went uh, into like a little TV room thing that we've made that's like a, a safe zone where he, you know, it's all sort of baby proofed and whatever. And uh, and I sort of put it on in the background and he was starting to watch it with me. And we went through like five episodes and it was just like so quick and so fluid and so good. Uh, so I reckon... I reckon you'll get through it really quickly. I just have to give a shout out to the episode where Sean puts like the firecracker in the 
in the oh, post box. Yes. Oh my, that's what I, I had a tear in that episode. It's the moment where like Corey won't let him run away. Like, yeah. And he stood in the classroom. And I was like, to start with, the balls it takes to stand up to anyone, let alone, and I think sometimes it's probably more difficult to stand up and disagree with people that you care about, especially at that age. Like, as you get an adult, it's easier to say, what the fuck are you doing? That's a really stupid idea. Here's why. But when you're a kid, it's really hard to have that conversation with anybody, let alone someone that you really respect. Like, it was just that moment of you wouldn't let him run away. And I was just like, oh, my God, I can imagine the panic of an 11-year-old being like, I've I may as well have like killed the president. Like I need to run away. This is like I can, I, that. You know, you do something wrong as a kid, and you get that like an- anxious, like oh my god, I'm going to be so bollocked for this. Like the world is over. Mm-hmm. Such a beautiful moment. I there was a few times that I welled up, and that was one of them. I wrote that down. Like that was I loved that. Yeah, it was a really good episode. That was kind of the first one that. I saw that I thought, okay, this is like they're just starting to delve into some of the more serious aspects or showing that they can have this sort of, it's still within the realms of a sitcom, but having some drama aspects. Yeah. I wonder if maybe Sean is going to be not, not, not not Simon off the rails, but like, just like, uh, like if he will be perhaps the one that finds himself in some more scrapes and things like we don't know about his home life either do we we've had a little hint of his dad lost his job and money was really tight that was another episode that got to me a little bit so, so I'm a bit like maybe he hasn't got a completely stable home life whether that's some poverty or I don't know so I'm a bit like maybe that maybe he'll be a little bit of a darker character and Corey might have to deal with some of that well, see. well wh- one thing I will tell you is that the actor Ryder Strong, his brother was also an actor, like his older brother, Shiloh Strong, who's been in other things. I'm, I'm not sure what, but, you know, in like also from like a lineage, it seems like if, and from child actors that Dom and I have had on the podcast talking about, you know, like Mighty Ducks and, you know, Hook and things like that. A lot of the time they say, well, I went to an audition because my older brother was auditioning. And so they often just, the parents are like, well, if, if he or she's going, then you're going too, you know, because you've got two kids. It's hard to split up the childcare. So quite often it seems to like run, run in the family. But the actor Ryder Strong was... um wanted more serious storylines because he wanted to stretch himself as more of a dramatic actor um and sort of took the craft quite seriously not saying that the others didn't but he i think wanted that so there is some writing where they're giving him a bit more drama okay yeah i could see that i can see that from him that that might be the way it goes i'm excited i'm excited and there's new there's clearly going to be new opening credits because i'm watching can we can we talk about the opening credits how amazing are they (laughs) The very Clarissa explains it all. Have you watched Clarissa and it's all kind of the moving shapes and like, oh, here's the person that's in it popping up and here's another. But oh my God, just it's so 90s. Like the visual, like with the grey and then the pastel like shapes and the music. And it's clearly going to change because I'm watching it on a streaming platform. It The next episode kind of starts, you have to hit pause really quickly, don't you? Because the end of the episode goes right to the end. There's no like closing titles or whatever. And I saw it's like a blue background and a kid like with the world, like a cartoon dude. Yeah, I I posted that on my Instagram. That 
So that's not really a spoiler. You're going to see it like tomorrow. But yeah, that's part of the opening credits, um, which are much shorter. Like it's like five seconds. Um, but that, I love that image so much that I was very close to getting it tattooed. But instead of having Corey, I was going to have a pineapple dressed as a cowboy in that same stance up against the world, which is a reference to when I was traveling and working in america my my australian friend ali and i were we considered ourselves to be pineapple cowboys it was just like a stupid thing um and you know we were not you know 19 20 21 in that eight for them age brackets we were um we did both end up getting pineapple cowboy tattoos uh i've had mine covered up since then uh with other things but um I think he still has his, but yeah, but I'm still, I love that image so much. I would love to, uh, I can't get that tattooed, but I love that. I might get it framed somewhere in here now that we've done the podcast or doing the podcast. You need it tattooed because it's a representation (laughs) of like him with the world and you were traveling the world. Like it's like the perfect, and you know, it could go some way to make up for the fact that you had very meaningful tattoo covered over Simon. (laughs) <laughs> well i had it cu- i had it covered up because uh the person that drew it that drew it out for me turned out to just not be a nice person yeah. uh and i kind yeah. of knew it at the time like i should have known it at the time but i thought well i like the artwork and then as i came to go beyond it i was like i actually can't stand to have something on my body by someone who's morals and ethics and all the rest of it that i can't be associated with so i went through so many tattoo sessions to get it covered up it was very painful um so yeah i'm kind of over that idea and i'm glad that i got it i got it covered up with something for my son so i just like it's nice and meaningful now but i do like the idea of you're tempting me of getting something tattooed because it's a very it was a meaningful show but i don't think i don't think ethany would sign off on this but i definitely think for the pin board i mean part of the privileges of co-hosting a podcast here is that we can be putting up designs for the merch store you know I can't draw though. Who's who's the drawing? Like, well, how are we doing this? I'm. We'll just so take confused. that. We'll just get that logo and get it on yeah. a get it on a hoodie. I mean, it'll be fine. We don't make profit on we all of the hoodies and things we sell. I put the prices at the cost price, so the company Teespring will make profit, but we don't make any profit from it. So I think it's okay. But if if we can come up with a cool design, I feel like I need to. I, I don't want to pick designs too early. Okay. Or like, I'm or rushing like, you. Or like slogans and then be like, oh, that would have been so much better when something else comes up. Like I need to get a good feel for what became the like, you know, you like certain things from certain shows become things. So like One Tree Hill, there's, it's you, Peyton, it's, you know, and that becomes a thing or like Nailey becomes a thing. I don't know what the things are. Like what were the things? Do you know what I'm saying? Like I'm waiting that it's like there, for there to be a thing and then I'll know. That okay. needs to be- well, let's say by at least season four, we need well, something that we can put on a hoodie. Yeah. Cause otherwise we, the, the ship's gone. Like we need, it yeah. needs to be while the podcast is still running. So, okay. No pressure. 
I'll write down anything that I think is a good quote and then and then submit them to you and you can be like everyone's forgotten about that but sure like and uh, there'll be one where you're like people still mention that now you know and we need if there's anyone out there that can do any kind of graphic design that would be wonderful so we can put something on there I say to a listener if you can come up with a some sort of cool graphic for Tessa and I within the Boy Meets World situation I I will pay and set and have have the hoodie sent to you as a gift with the design on it. Yeah, yeah, that's, a good, that's a good one. What what I would love, what I would love is you know how uh, our new podcast art has Dom and I in like sort of cartoon figurey things that the artist did. It would be great if we could have you and me. Maybe like on either side, leaning with a foot up against the world in the middle, you know? Please, someone create that. Like, that's that's my profile pic waiting to happen, isn't it? Like, my, like my profile pic that I use on anything is an illustration of me. Like, it's not a picture. So I love that. That's what I need. Maybe, then maybe I'll get that tattooed. There you go. There we I've go. Got, I've, I've got like a, like a cartoon portrait on one leg and I need to do something on the other leg, like to match. And I was going to have my family, but now I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, maybe this. I, if, if you really, in, if we really enjoy the podcast, where maybe we could make a tattoo pact where we could get some sort of like small, but some sort of, you know, is that too far? Have we gone too far? No, We've, I mean, no it's not far enough. When it comes to tattoos, I don't need packed arrangements. Someone's only got to say, "Should we get matching?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'll do it." <laughs> I've got no like. I'm I'm always if money was no object, I'd be absolutely covered. Like I'm always game for a tattoo, and I I like them to mean something. Like I'm not going to go in and pick one off the wall, but I'm game. Okay, well you- if if someone can do this design then they we can do this i'm down to do it i've got a little spec i've only got my arms so you know i'm down to like throw something on a leg and stuff and get it going yeah so make it really big please make it quite detailed so it only works as like a thigh piece (laughs) yeah or a back piece it's got to go on like a buttock because it's just so big and detailed (laughs) (laughs) great i love it i love it i love it Okay, well, give me we so we won't do judgments, but give me like what was your favorite episode of the season? Um, my favorite episode. I don't know if I've got a favorite single episode. There were definite moments I loved. So the bit where he's trying to stop Sean running away, I loved the episode that started out them kind of learning about Anne Frank and became like a, a lesson in prejudice and how that does still exist, which. Uh, it's obviously a conversation that always needs to happen, but was great for a show that's aimed at like 12 year olds in the nineties for them to even um, like reference that or like bring that up at all. Like, and it was really powerful obviously because then Corey teaches the lesson. Okay. I think this is my favorite because then Corey teaches the lesson and there's like, there's, I don't think there's anything more powerful than like a group of young people listening to one of their peers and really listening like I I think I wrote that down like because that was amazing and then that's what made me think if school was like this all the time what society would be in a much better place like and obviously it's a little bit too neatly wrapped up in a bow isn't it and they've all learned something by the end of the school week but 
that was a great episode. And there are other moments where like Topanga sort of takes on sexism and the way she kind of lives her life and the way she sees things. It's just, like it was just a very open for what I imagine was a very like mainstream American. We're aiming this at a white audience TV show touched on a lot of things that perhaps weren't on TV at that time. So sure. that's probably my, that's probably my favorite episode because I found it very powerful. Yeah, that's yeah, that's perfectly said. And and as we say about about One Tree Hill, but it's uh, you know most famously quoted in reference to Friends. Do you like Friends? Yeah, I like Friends, but it's yeah. dated. I like Friends for sure. Yeah, I love Friends. We all grew up on Friends. Um, and but it, like Friends, it's incredibly non-diversified you know it's it's an all-white cast um and boy meets world suffers from that as well um there are some milestones i believe i i might not be no i can't remember there 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 are some points where that does change and i think there are some milestones for tv but that might no it can't be true not in the 90s but there there uh there are some interracial relationships that happen later and i and i believe if i remember correctly there are some storylines around that um that might not be correct but i'm pretty sure that's right um which is important because uh about representation um because it's it's easy it's easier to it's like why black black panther is so important to and to show for you know young black children to see themselves on the screen in as superheroes you know it's so important and uh as i'm sure everyone knows uh i'm in an interracial relationship and uh that was something that Ethne loved boy meets world as well and she well not she loved that there was some representation in the show but it does come later whereas in a lot of other shows in this period there wasn't you know there was just a whitewash cast and then i think quite often if shows then did address things like um racism or queerness it was as a look at this awful struggle storyline like look at this struggle this person's going through because they're gay or look at this struggle this kid's going through because they're getting racially bullied whereas now a lot of tv just they just are those characters Mm. and it's not necessarily a huge celebration of that and it's not necessarily oh look at the struggle they can just exist and have their own storylines and that's who they are like and uh, i i don't think that was very well represented in tv back then i don't i don't think it was the, the struggles with things like there might be a parents getting divorced or there might be a look how hard it is to be a teenager but all of, other than the fresh prince all very white centered like they were just those were the people i watched clarissa explains it all was where i learned all about being a teenage girl and it was all white wasn't it? And then we had Sabrina and it was all white. Like, it, you know, it wasn't until much later in the 90s that there were even shows like Keenan and Cal existed. And I mm-hmm. saw black people on the TV, like other than the occasional character in EastEnders, which obviously not everyone was watching, you know. And so now I think a good, really good example of that that I know you haven't seen is Shit's Creek. 
Oh um, no, I have I have seen it now. I've seen the first the first season. Yeah, when I was getting um by finishing off my tattoo, my tattooist put it oh, on. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good show for like I'm going for a pain of a tattoo. I need something, but there's yes. a, like after they finish making it, there's a like a this is us making the last season kind of documentary. And they talk about that, that actually like the LGBTQIA plus community is represented, but not in a look how difficult it is to be gay kind of storyline. And I think a lot of that stuff, whether we're talking about uh, being LGBTQIA plus or or black or a person of colour, it just isn't like that. It's not just here we are existing and we're happy and this is our normal life. Um so yeah, the show is lacking in that way, definitely. But I loved that they even touched on any of that stuff in what was a show aimed at children. Yeah, for sure. There's this uh, great book that I read slash listened to the audio book to, uh, which is called uh, "The Reason I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race." And uh, I don't have you heard of it? I've heard of it. I haven't read it it's really good i really recommend it um and i love the audio version because i love it when the author reads it because they're sort of reading it in the tone that they meant for it to be and she was talking about representation on tv and particularly in like british tv as well um and that it was rare to to see that and i didn't really consider it as much because when when i was younger because it tv was aimed at me like it was yeah. that i was the demographic it was looking to because you know i could picture myself as you know Corey matthews or yeah sabrina i'm trying to think of of, of others now yeah, just anyone even if, even if you think like cartoons like i could be hey arnold or i could you know or i could be joey on friends or like where's the celebration of where's where does the kid look at a show and think look at that wonderful black character like that could be me when I grow up or like there was and you're right we were completely ignorant to it because of course that we was designed that way wasn't it like yeah and and then and obviously it goes you know way beyond that as well you know the the Asian characters and etc 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 is representation of everyone and it is way way better now like uh my son loves Coco Melon. I don't know if you've been through, was Coco Melon a thing when, no, she was, yeah. it wasn't around when, you, no. Well, it's, um, they're doing a great job of making it very diverse and, um, and it's continuing to go that way. And they're uh, showing non-traditional family structures and, and all these different things. And it's really nice to see that progression, but I think it was important for us to to state that with, boy meets world because you know we are looking at it from a 2022 perspective but um is it is good as you said at addressing a lot of things so i think in terms of what the era it was progressive yeah in today's standards not so much exactly exactly well put well put okay what about your favorite character of the season like who's your favorite Oh my god! Uh, how do you choose? Like, how do you choose? Like, I like them all for different reasons. I really like Mister Feeney. Like, I like I like Mister Feeney. I really like Corey, and we it's it's designed for us to really like Corey because we all see ourselves. I mean, I wasn't a boy, but like, I can see myself in a like 
I'm not really a kid anymore, but I also don't really want to be a grown up. Like I'm in this awkward middle, like, what am I doing with my life? Like, I don't understand anyone around me anymore. My gr- my parents are weird. Like you, like <laughs> you relate to it, don't you? Where you just feel awkward. Everything you do feels awkward and you're not sure what you're supposed to be doing. And you just homework suddenly. And it's just a bit, oh, um, so I did love Corey. I quite like the little sister, but that's the writing, like, cause she gets the best lines. Um, and I like Topanga just cause I want my, I want to think, see the world how she sees it. Topanga for the hair, probably Corey, which that's the design, isn't it? We're all supposed to be Corey. Good. Okay. I like it. I think, I think my favorite would be Corey of season one but it will change as we go through the seasons not because i like suddenly dislike him or anything but i just i have a fondness for the other characters um as it develops so good well any anything else you want to touch upon before we finish this up oh a couple of things Mm -hmm. one what is that ham they're eating the dad like they get out of the the sandwich what is that? It's like one. I mean, I get that they make one solid block, and that's the joke. But like, what is that ham? Is it spam? I don't know. It looks like spam. Yeah. <laughs> Should that not be in the film? Like, but anyway, the other thing, um, it's where Mister Feeney like dresses as a kid because he's going to be the kid, and he wears a meatloaf sweatshirt. I know. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I was so happy when I saw that. And obviously, like, it was you. And I was like, I need to make sure that that's mentioned on the podcast because that's amazing. But how funny that, like, and the parents, is it an Aerosmith gig they're going to? Is that, and the yeah. kid, like, it's just so, like, I love the bits that really age it. Like, mm-hmm. like Don said with the duck hunt. Like, I saw that gun and I was like, I bet that's duck hunt. Like, or just like the Walkman and just the house has got like two staircases. What? Love what? That. America, all American homes on TV are two. Do they actually get the bit with two staircases? I don't, don't know. They don't. Like, yeah, I, don't, I don't. Someone. I, I love, I love them. that though. So do I. Like, you want to go to the living room? Fine. You want to hit, hit the kitchen? Like, you sort it either way. Like, but someone needs to let me know. Like, is that actually a thing or is it just a TV device? Um, but yeah, the meatloaf sweatshirt. I was like, that's amazing. And I like to think Mr. Feeney just had that kicking around. Well, I guess if this is like 93, then I think Battle of Hell 2 came out in 1992, which, you know, had like, I'll do anything for love. It was like his comeback, wasn't it? So Meatloaf would have been, he would have been hot at that point. So that's that's good. I like to think he bought it like at a concert. Like it's got the talk with some back. Yeah, Battle of Hell 2. What an album. That's in yeah. my top five. I've said to Dom, I'd really like to do a top five episode where we talk top five albums, top five films, top five TV shows. You just sort of list them off. If you're interested, yeah. you're, you've got them privileges now. Just jump in. Oh, my God. I'm so I love that. That's like one of those games you play in the car. Love that stuff. Top five other thing. I, mean, I find it hard. But yeah. Yeah, I think that was it. It was just mostly about I was pleased about the meatloaf and what was the meat they were eating. But so everything's meat related in some form or another. All meat related questions. Excellent. Yeah. Well, well, if you enjoyed the episode, then please check us out. Ravenshoops.net. Why Tessa? Because basketballs go through. Hoops. But they'll also go through. Nets. 
ravenshoops.net uh where can people get at you and do do you want people to get at you they have to get at you they might have boy meets world related questions you're on the discord there's a discord channel for boy meets world so you'll be in there but where else yeah no spoilers though obviously we can chat season one so far um you can put me on instagram i'm at tessa squirrel all one word there you go tessa squirrel on instagram and uh yeah good so i'm looking forward to next week to season two can't wait to talk about it um and how should we finish this i don't know what what, we can't do a like do we still do a ravens on three with an accent is that a thing like what's the thing i don't know what 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 what? you can do oh you could do feeny on three Yes. You'll you'll understand more later. Uh there's more fear <laughs> saying the word Feeny becomes a thing. Oh, I feel like I've heard that. Like maybe on another thing, like there was some like weird Feeny noises going on. All right. Yeah. It, it's kind of a cult following thing, or it's like a, a Feeny. It's pop culture. Yeah. You could shout it out in sainsbury's and one person at least would turn around and say it back maybe you know that's a that's a really good way just to find your tribe isn't it like the people that you want to spend time with like just walk into a social event and just feeny and see what happens and if no one turns around leave oh my god shall i record it i actually have to go shopping tomorrow like tuesday's like shopping day shall i shall i just shout it out in the cheese aisle and just go feeny and just see if anyone do it in the sandwich meat aisle so find a packet of billy bear ham and live stream and do whatever the feeny weird feeny noise is and see if anyone notices and if no one does never shop there again that's not where your people are shopping okay i might have to take a drive because that's my local you know i might have to go somewhere new to (laughs) test the waters literally going broke spending money on fuel driving around like in a 50 mile radius just trying to find someone that will reply to your feeny thing <laughs> and then i'll say hey if you like podcasts well there is a there is an actual cast rewatch one but we're doing a season at a time. it's complicated just listen to us we're getting that's tattoos quite, it's a whole thing that's quite a long-winded way of finding a single viewer a single listener isn't it like that's quite there must be a better way to do that well we'll find out we'll find out well thank you everyone for listening so so we'll say feeny on free yeah i mean i don't know how to say it so i'm just gonna you feel free to do the feeny thing and i'll say it (laughs) okay can you say it really deadpan and i'll try and say it animated so we can sort of balance it out okay okay one two three (laughs) feeny (laughs) Imagine! <laughs> <laughs>